Hello, everyone. It's Dovi Shapiro. Today I'll be interviewing Chaim Shulbrook, Shliach to Bozeman, Montana, on the topic of developing relationships and fundraising out of the box. Thank you, Chaim Shul, for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Atzvacha in their Shluchas. My pleasure. So let's get right to it. Chaim Shul, you're the only Shliach in Montana, and you live in a city with less than 50,000 people, yet you have developed a vibrant Chabad house, built a mikvah, you have a famous mezuzah campaign. Now you are, are in the middle of a hospitality suites campaign. And even more significantly, you have a strong following of Jews from all over the state. I would imagine that this has come about through building deep personal relationships with one yid at a time. Is that true? Of course it's true. I think that any type of fundraising and any type of success all boils down to personal one-on-one relationships. Um, it boils down to having, uh, you know, for people loving you. You need to, make, you, you know, if you want, if you want people to support you, if you want people to get involved in Yiddishkeit, if you want people to love Lubavitch, it all comes down to having them love you. And so it's all about those interpersonal relationships and uh, giving people your time, whether they're wealthy or poor, and, and, and spending quality time with people. I believe primarily through Lima Dateira. If you want to get people, if you want to get to their neshama, if you want to get to their soul, it's through spending time, quality time learning Torah, not only drinking coffee with them. So, so there's a sheer to how much coffee you could drink with the same person and not get bored out of your box. But if you learn with them Torah, you know, it never gets boring. It's always exciting. So how do you discover new Yidin in Montana? We're always trying to connect with new people. Are, are you looking for them? First of all, I don't, uh, I don't think that we need to find new people. I think uh, if you have a mailing list that exceeds 300 names, you have already a lifelong your work cut out for you for the rest of your life because one human being, one couple, is not capable of dealing with more than that amount of people. So unless you're planning on hiring nine other shluchim to deal with your 12,000 names, there's no reason for you to be, be worried all day about your small mailing list. The only problem with having a small list, a small group of people, is that you need to figure out how to fund yourself with a small amount of people. But as far as your Avedas Ashluchas, I don't think that having more people makes it any better for anybody. That being said, you know, we want to make sure that we're reaching out to every Yid in our, in our region. In my particular case, Montana is a very big state. It's the size of California. It's the size of the country of Germany. And so, it, you know, it takes a lot of work. But through word of mouth and through, uh, you know, good relationships with Jews in, in, in cities, throughout the state you get to know what you know one leads to another and another to another and uh, it's unlimited it also don't forget that i merited to be for three summers and one hanukkah in montana prior to living here permanently which helped matters quite a bit as i was able to uh, have those connections from all over the state not only in the, in the, in the particular location where i uh, where i live when you have a, someone on your list and you want to you want to connect with them what, what is your what is your first move? You call them up, you invite them to something. What's your? To be honest, at this point, at this point in my shluchus, uh, seven and a half years, uh, well, six and a half years into my shluchus, I don't, you know, I baruch Hashem, I'm very, very busy with the countless yidden that we're in touch with on a daily basis. I have more than I have about twelve one-on-one shiurim every week, besides from my public shiurim, and you know, busy trying to cover the bills, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when a new name comes on our list, what I'll do is I will put them on the mailing list so they'll get our publication, Montana's Jewish Voice. They'll get invitations via mail to events. I will befriend them if they're on Facebook. And, you know, and then, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, before a Hanukkah party, before a Purim party, I'll personally invite them to come. 
So it, it changed from when I first moved in. When I first moved, it was all about finding a new family, inviting the Friday night dinner. But it's reached a point where you push it, there's push it no time, and there's push it no keiches uh, to sit and, and, and do that every week. And so you rely on getting the new families at the larger events, at the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, at the, at the, at the Yom Tevin parties, etc., etc. And then once you build a relationship with them, they become regulars in your Chabad house, and you sit down and learn with them Torah, and you teach them Chesedus, and then they become yours. When I say yours, it means they become the Rebbe's people. And we see that we see that Begoloi, Every day over here. Again, you know, when at a Sunday morning when there's when there's seven Yidden sitting and learning Sefer Ma'amarim Yiddish together with Mishnayos, and then watching Living Torah, that's a di- that's a direct result of you know quality one-on-one time that we're spending with people, and and that's how you make them. That's how you bring them into into the real deal. Sit and look at Lubavitcher websites and being jealous of this guy and that guy. It's not what it's about. It's about neshamas, and if we're dealing about neshamas. If you have three, four hundred names on your list, and, and you have a, you have a, you have ten, you have a million of Yidden in your state that are learning Chayenu and are learning per, per, at least Perakachad Rambam, then those Yidden that are sitting and learning Rambam, when you're going to come to them and say, you know, I'd like you to, I'd like you to give me a donation for the, not a donation even, I'd like you to partner with me in X, Y, and Z. What do you think they're going to say? No, they're going to give you everything they're capable of giving, and maybe even more than they're capable of giving because. They understand not only that you need money to run your mesut, but they are your mesut. They believe in your mesut as much as you do, sometimes more than you do. Limit Atayr, you're saying, is is really the key with connecting with people. And do you pursue it? Do you ask people to, that, that you would like to sit and learn with them once a week, the or once a month, yes, or I, they, I, do they I come am, to you? The answer is yes. You know, when I see that someone's a Kaylee for it, I definitely pursue it. That being said, I have to say that it became almost like a jealousy thing. Shabbos morning at Dominion, each one is discussing with the other, oh, you learn with the rabbi on Monday, you learn with the rabbi on Tuesday, or you got Wednesday, how come I don't learn with you? And when I tell someone, hey, see you Tuesday at, uh, when we study, so a guy pipes up, rabbi, why aren't, we, why aren't we learning this week? In other words, it became an Indian where they know that that's their quality time where they could spend an hour, and I don't, you know, I don't have time to give them each three hours. If it's an hour, it's an hour, because five, they, they know that five minutes later there's another guy walking into the show to have their time with me. And so, but, but, but that hour is theirs, and we push it, sit, and we discuss. Obviously, there's, text, there's textual learning, but uh, there's no question that it's at those moments where people open up to you, and that's where it becomes personal. And then when you're going to ask them for support, what do you think they're going to, it's not shy for them to, to turn you down. They're your best friend. Yesterday afternoon, I was in someone's house for two hours with my family, doing nothing. There was nothing to We just went to hang out. We were sitting and eating kosher corned beef in a guy's house because he loves us, because there's a love there between you and them. It's not just based on you're the grace of and you're doing them a favor. It's not how it works, at least not in my experience. You ask them what they're interested in learning. I'm just curious how that... In most of the cases, I do not. I, I, uh, you know, I ask them always, and then they, you know, they obviously most of them don't know what they want, and so I, I guide them into the right direction of what I think is good for them. And, and I would have to say that at least... Uh, 50 to 60 percent of the people I learned with it's chassidus. It's uh, was one guy. It's Tanya. With the other one, it's Anat. Another guy. A few people I learned with them is a very successful book. Is uh, you don't have to mention the name of the author necessarily, but it's called Wisdom, Understanding, and Knowledge. A green book by uh, by a person that's a Lubavitcher chassid, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, experience for the people to really delve into the depth of chassidus. And you both have a book, and you and you study it together. You read and you talk about yep. it. Yep. Correct. 
correct. They read a paragraph. I read a paragraph. And moving on to something else that I mentioned earlier, and that's your mezuzah campaign. Can you tell us a little bit more about your mezuzah campaign, how it got started, and how it helps you reach people that you normally wouldn't be able to reach? Well, the reason it was able to reach people that it normally doesn't reach is because it, uh, it was in the AP, and once it hit the AP, it, uh, you know, it got the PR. So people from all over, the, not only in Montana, but all over the country, you know, kicked in and uh, signed up to get mezuzahs for free. But here in Montana alone, I would, I would have to say that probably 20 new Jewish families that got involved or na- are now connected with Lubavitch because of the mezuzah campaign. And uh, the opportunity to put on, we already put on over 65 mezuzahs. It, it, it definitely opened up an, a new avenue. I had to obviously get a sponsor. Sponsor for five. I got a sponsor for five thousand dollars to sponsor two hundred mezuzahs, so we can get it off the ground and uh, hopefully get the get as many as many dalsis uh, all covered with mezuzahs. Is it something that people have to sign up, fill out a form, and then you contact them? How does that work? What's the process? Yeah, they they, they sign up online. It's a very simple form, and uh, and then I get in touch with them. And we've sent mezuzahs all the way to the Netherlands. You know, where places where there's no shluchim and the guy signs up for mezuzah, we're not going to hold back a mezuzah. So we've sent actually all over the country. Moving on to the topic of fundraising, which is intriguing to all of us, for a shliach to sustain themselves in a city your size is quite a feat. If it's okay with you, I would like to focus on these three areas. Number one, how you raised $32,000 with your calendar. Number two, how you fundraised from non-Jews. And number three, how you make sure to never lose contact with any yid that has visited your Chaban house. So let's begin with number one. How do you raise $32,000 with your calendar? I know your average shliach wishes to bring in so much. Um, the answer is it didn't start with 32000 My first year in Montana was 9000 It went up, I think, to 13000 And as, you know, as, uh, as our shluchas grew, the, the Baruch Hashem, the amount in the calendar grew as well. Um, how does it work? You, you listen, every person, especially especially if you live in a town that's less than 200,000 people, you know, a smaller city or a shtetl like ours, um, on the contrary, I think it's a bonus because you have the opportunity to, you, you, you're dealing with local businesses all the time, your plumber, your, your printer, your, the jewelry store where you buy your wife jewelry, whatever it is that you're dealing with, you're, you're, you, they know you on a personal level. So when you give them a call or walk in the store and say, hey, uh, Barbara, do me a favor. Uh, we're printing our Jewish calendar for next year, and I want to know if we can count you in for, uh, for an ad. And the first thing they'll say is, how much is it? And you'll say, there's a larger ad for $700 or there's a smaller ad for 360 The chances are very high, especially if they're not Yidin, because Yidin always like to kvetch. If they're Goyim, they don't kvetch so much, so they'll say, yeah. And so we've we've keep. I believe that my calendar could be raising fifty thousand dollars. I don't. I I think it's the fact that I'm one man trying to do it. You know, between Shavuos and Gimel Tamlos, and I don't have enough time. That that's why it takes. That's why I'm only bringing in that amount. I believe if I was able to somehow give myself more time to do it, I was able to bring in more money. And I think if if, if Shluchim took the time and uh, and called and contacted every person that they know, Jew or non-Jew, that has any kind of business, and then go to the local community and get them to do, you know, like a greeting as well, they would realize that it's uh, it's doable. It's very doable in their communities as well. So it leads me right into your next question, which is about Goyim. And the answer is the same thing that I started off with, which is love. If the people love you, they will love whatever you're selling them. So you're dealing, you're doing business with Goyim, 
you're 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 doing ashgacha in a, in a plant that's a plant that's goyim. So even though you're working for the Star K or the OU or whatever, but you're coming in and you're meeting the owner and you build a relationship with him. And so the re, the reality is going to be that uh, when you when you make when when you uh, when you when you have a campaign of some sort, um, you know not not a Yom Kippur appeal, but when you have any type of other campaign, and you go to them and say, listen, you know we're we're uh, you know we're at the forefront of uh, of Judaism in our city, and I know you're not Jewish, but uh, you know you understand as good as anyone how important it is to bring the the teachings that we're teaching, the values, the ethics to this community, and what we've done here on a local level. They're not even going to blink their eye, and they'll be right behind you in your in support. You mentioned earlier about 7360. Is that the way you structure it? Are there two options? Yeah, my, 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 have I, have lake, I, I have the large Lakeham calendar, and I sell the, the, the top banner, the large banner for 700, and the, the business card size is 360. I didn't start that way. Started with much less, but that's where we are today, Baruch Hashem. But I, no, but I like the fact that you keep it simple. You have seven hundred and three sixty. You don't have so many different options. It's. I don't do clear. any of those thirty-six dollar birthday, you know, whatever birthday party things. It takes too much time, and it's not worth it. It's you know, my time is worth more than thirty-six dollars. Moving on to the to the next question, the third, the third question in fundraising. How do you make sure to never lose contact with any year that has visited your Chabad house, and what does that mean? Well, first of all, how do you make sure? There's no, you make sure they're on your mailing list, and you get your beautiful. I mean, I have a beautiful publication called Montana's Jewish Voice. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, that everyone has that, but uh, it gets to them in the mail, and most people do see it. Not everybody, you know, you have yes, yes, but the most people see it, and it keeps them in touch. Also, many, many, many of them get my weekly email, which is self-written. It's not from Yankee Tauber. It's not, uh, it's not from Chabad.org. I write my own thing every week already for eight, nine years, and so they get it. So they're up to date with my family. They know exactly what's going on in my life, etc., etc. And then, you know, before bigger Yom Toivim, they get, you know, uh, either they get a mailing in the mail for support, or I give them, if they're, if they're a larger view, I give them a call. You know, I had a guy that spent two Shabbos here from Manhattan with his family in a, in, in, in a, in a Taranta trailer, uh, not a trailer, an RV in front of my house. And that was six years, five years ago. And when I had to buy my property for my new Chabadas, they gave us ten thousand dollars. I mean, so again, in a place like in, 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 in Boca, that's not such a big deal, but in Montana, that's a very, very big deal. And so that's how we keep, you know, keep up the par is, is by reaching out to those people and making sure that they know, uh, you know, especially because they experience the Shabbos um, or getting kosher food in a place like Montana, so they know. Um, how different it is and how unique it is and how hard it is to be self-sufficient, you know, so sustain yourself locally so they're ready to help out. And so we, Baruch Hashem, get quite a bit of money from that as well. Thank you, Chaim Shal, for sharing which look at your passion and practical insights. We really appreciate your time. No problem. I would like to thank everyone for your feedback and suggestions. Please keep them coming. Make it a great week.